helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. make mistakes. It's part of being human. Making mistakes is not bad if we learn from them. We have an excellent opportunity to see if the American people will learn from their mistakes. We don't agree on whether these things are mistakes or not, but I think a look at the evidence will show us whether we've made a mistake or not, and the upcoming election will show whether we've learned from it or not. For example, Many people claim the mistakes were made during the 2020 and 2022 elections, but is there evidence to that fact? What have we learned from those elections that we can apply to the 2024 election? Not just in how we conduct those elections, but how we decide who we should vote to represent us from Washington, D.C., all the way to our town dog catcher. Hello there, Everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study, where we read and study the Constitution. We teach the rising generation be free. And I'm glad you could join me today as we take a look at, well, what I think are mistakes. And well, I'll provide my evidence and you can decide if it holds water or not. But more importantly, can we learn from these mistakes? And, and what should we learn from those mistakes? And I think that'll have a tremendous impact over the next, well, not just the next election, but the next year, the next decade, and who knows, maybe the rest of the millennia. Let's start with probably going to be the second most active story over the last few weeks, and that is the race for speaker. Now, I've listened to a lot of people talk about this. And, uh, to be honest, I haven't paid, I haven't invested a lot in it because uh, although the speaker, the position of speaker is a constitutionally established position, let's face it, it's mostly about party politics. And, and that's been on display for the last three weeks with um, Republicans on. You know, Republicans fighting Republicans. Now, my point isn't to promote the, the <laughs> promote the political parts. I still say a pox on both their houses. But what I find interesting is the what appears to be the 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 issue between the two. Why can they not get the Why can they not get the entire uh, caucus to um, to vote for the same person? And the answer, to my mind, seems relatively obvious. You see, there's one group of people that would like the status quo. They like the way things are going and they really don't want to, want to change. So they're voting for people that will remain the status quo. There's another group of people that um, they look at it and say, um, this is a dysfunctional government. We, 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 every so often we go through this uh, you know, question of, of um, shutting down the government because we refuse to actually um, follow the law. The House hasn't had a budget in, what, 20 years? They've given up the, the uh, um, regular appropriations bill, and as soon as they, 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 they get any pushback on it, they fold like a cheap suit. So when I look at this, what I see is, you know, a lot of people complain that uh, Matt Ga Gates and company, well, they broke everything up because uh, they started this whole mess, which he did. He started it. But they always point, well, it, it just empowers the Democrats. I look at it this way. We had a promise from the Speaker of the House 
for regular appropriations. And when it got hard, he folded like a cheap suit. Don't get me wrong. I hold. I, I think of that of the vast majority of the Republican uh, caucus in the House. When things get hard, they fold. In fact, this is the first time, oh, God, in probably 15, 20 years. Actually, longer. No, this has got to be the first time probably since the, maybe the 1980s where you have a Congress, we have me- enough members in a, a caucus in Congress to actually say, no, we are not going back to this dysfunctional process and um, are willing to stand for it. Granted, it's just, a ha- it's just a handful of people that seem willing to stand. It actually seems like it's, it's only a handful of people on either side that seem willing to stand. But I have to ask, was it a mistake to um, elect McCarthy as the, um, as the speaker? Was it a mistake to call for uh, uh, vacate, vacating the chair? Uh, has it been a mistake to um, propose Scalise and Jordan and whatever other nonsense is going on? Well, I don't know that I'd say it's a mistake. I said it, it, I understand it has difficult consequences, but is it a mistake? Is it a mistake to put your your word and your and fiscal responsibility ahead of partisan politics? Is that a mistake? Are we more interested in everybody telling us we look good? So that's a lot of what you hear. Well, you know, the Republicans aren't looking good. The Democrats are, are going to make they make hay because the Republicans look disorganized and and they're going to be uh, promoting this idea that says, you know, are do you, are these people ready to to uh, run the country? I look at it differently. I look at it saying, do we find when we finally have a group of people that are actually trying to keep a promise? Do we really want to punish them for that? Do you want Republicans that fold as soon as the Democrats push? Do you want people who claim to be conservative that simply walk away when the going gets tough? Or are we willing to do the dirty work of politics? Do the 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 grunt work of you've got to find consensus. And to be honest, right now, um the Republican Party, at least in the House, they're not showing a lot of strength. What they're showing is a lot of they're showing a lot of, of fidelity to the swamp. That's the way I see it. Now maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you see it differently. But as often as people are complaining that we don't have a speaker, we don't have a speaker because the question of compromise seems to be one-sided. And the only people who will accept a com- who, who the only people that are expected to compromise are the ones that are trying to maintain fiscal discipline, maintain uh, a sense of of honor to 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 your promise. That are willing to say we have to, you know, that that are willing to be less like the Democrats, and I don't mean that strictly from a partisan standpoint. The Democrats are all in lockstep, and everybody goes exactly the same. And you know, things you, the the anybody who challenges the process seems to get destroyed. Here we have a Republican Party that's willing to go through the hard work. And again, I still hate the Republicans, and I still hate the Democrats. But when I look at this and I ask, is it a mistake? In the short term, it may look that way. In the long term, well, that's not decided yet. 
the most important thing about mistakes is, is, is recognizing them. And you can't recognize them if you refuse to look at the evidence. For example, there's been an, uh, an ongoing um, legal battle. The, uh, there's a, a trial about the disbarment of John Eastman, uh, former Trump attorney. Now, what's interesting is the, the information that has been coming out of this trial. Uh, for example, um, there's a report from the Georgia State Election Board um, that was created by Seven Hill Strategies, and it shows that um, there are issues with the chain of custody surrounding the ballots and, and the integrity of their transportation, that the, the, there was a lack of transparency, that Republican Party monitors were, in some cases, denied access to the counting, and even uh, incompetency by the election officials. There's another report that discussed election problems uh, dealing with uh, ballot images. Um, that that the, they found that this one group found that um, many of the ballots were correct, incorrectly added, such as votes for Trump ended up going to other candidates and even duplicate votes. There was a report that um, investigated the voting machines and the software in the Michigan Atrium County and um, the fact that there were, they found votes that were cast for Trump that had been switched to Biden. Somehow, mysteriously, the, the logs were deleted, so they can't investigate further. Now, I bring this up for a couple of reasons. One, it shows there were mistakes made in the 2020 election. There's evidence, I should say. Maybe it's not proof. It's evidence that there were problems. The question is, are we going to learn from them? Because the, the disciplinary judge that's overseeing this case, well, she's refusing to even look at, at much of this evidence. The Georgia State Election Board report? Nope, won't look at it. The, the, the report from Kemp about the other election problems? Won't look at it. And there's more, and there's more, and there's more information that shows there were problems. So the question is, are we going to learn from the mistakes? Well, how many people even consider them mistakes? I still have people that say the 2020 election was the, the most accurate and secure uh, election that uh, ever happened. Yet, we have video evidence of ballot box stuffing. Watch the movie 2000 Mules. Again. Pay no attention to the commentary. Just look at the video evidence of people stuffing ballot into boxes of um, cell phone location data, showing them going from, you know, sometimes as many as 30, 50 drop boxes a night. Um, there's problems. Now, if we stick our head in the sand and pretend they never happened, then uh, guess what? We never learn. Now, I can already show how, how we've never learned because in the 2022 election, according to a report by the Texas Secretary of State's office, there were multiple failures during the election in Harris County. By the way, Harris County includes Houston, which is the third which means it's the third most populous county in the country. Uh, a report uh, October 19th of 2022 uh, uh, pointed out that uh, paper ballot distribution for Election Day didn't follow state law. They broke the law. And it could have prevented many Harris County voters from actually even casting a ballot. 
But there's more. See, the, the Harris County voter registration system is independent from the statewide voter registration system, but they are supposed to have identical information. Well, there is an audit, and it found discrepancies in the terms and in the number of voter registrations and their voting history. So which one is correct? How would we know? You see, the county system lists almost 10,000 more voters than the state system. Does that mean the state system is wrong or have the county systems been padded? And why wouldn't we look into this to find out to get to the bottom of it? Furthermore, in the 2022 elections, the, uh, the county system had um, 25,000 voters more than the statewide system recorded. Now, if you're telling me in an election there's a $25,000 ballot, diff $25, ballot difference, something's wrong. And that wrong needs to be investigated. That mistake needs to be dealt with and should be dealt with before the next election. You know, studies have already shown that uh, the American people are less and less trusting of the voting system, of the election system. How can we be a republic if we don't have elections or if we don't trust the elections? It, it, you know, if you go to the, to the ballot box, if you, if you cast your vote, but you don't think it counts, not only is that discouraging, but it brings into question the entire legitimacy, not just of the election, but the government itself. See, in order to be a republic, the people must elect people to represent them. If that is not happening, then we're no longer a republic. That, and that just doesn't mean the United States. This, each state is to have a republican form of government. If you're telling me that the states you cannot be relatively sure that the vote the vote you cast is the one that's recorded that there isn't uh manipulation well then there's no trust that, that we have a republican form of government in our states same for our cities for our counties the bedrock of a republic is the election is the the voting for people to represent us and if that is unstable then the only way to right this ship is to restore stability to the election process. And to do that, we must place the integrity of the election above its outcome. See, to me, the, the, the foundation of the mistake, the, the root cause of the mistake, is not simply the problems in the election. It's the number of people that place the outcome above, of the election above its integrity. The same way I see the I see the problems in the, the the race for speaker is people putting their political preferences as a priority over the actual role of representing the people of the country. Yet I keep hearing people saying, "Let's do the same thing over and over and over again," and we'll just expect a different outcome this time. That was Einstein's definition of insanity: doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different outcome. See, in order for us to learn from our mistakes, we must realize that there can be mistakes. We must admit to ourselves, we must recognize ourselves that there may be mistakes and that we may be the cause of them. And I know it's not fun to say, maybe I was wrong. But it really feels good when you get down and you find the evidence. And you either find out, no, I was not wrong, or yes, I was wrong. 
But you know what? I'm, I'm going to clear my conscience and not make that same mistake again. And what I say, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me 10,000 times, I'm probably an American voter. It's about time we stop being fooled. We start finding the root cause of these mistakes. We start deciding we're going to do something about it. Now listen, I have to take a break. Before I go, though, I, I do please head to the website, constitutionstudy.com. You can find all sorts of information about the Constitution Study. Two things I want you to look at, ask a question. If you have any questions for me, I love answering questions. Just click the Ask a Question button. If you'd like me to answer it on the radio, hit that checkbox. I would be more than happy to. The other is to check out the Patriots program. This program is an invitation-only program. To get an invitation, you have to take the boot camp. Now, the boot camp actually starts with some training that not only gives you the, the, the foundational bedrock principles we use here, but some tools you can use right now to start protecting your rights. It's absolutely free, and well, if you pass the boot camp, then guess what? You'll receive an invitation to join us at the Patriots program so we can work together to make all of our little Patriot groups, all of our little organizations work better, work more efficiently, and stand a better chance of succeeding. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm getting kind of fuzzy here. So when I take this break, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to reach for my solution for losing my short-term focus, my long-term brain power. Healthy cells focus and recall vitamins. That's right, vitamins, not caffeine, not sugar. I'm going to reach in my desk, grab one, so that I can come back refreshed to finish up this program. Now, as an America Out Loud listener, you can get 25% off your first order of focus and recall or anything from Healthy Cell. Find out more at americaoutloud.shop. Basically, go to healthycell.com, put your cart together, try some Focus and Recall or any of their products, but use the code OUTLOUD at checkout. It lets them know you listen to America Out Loud, and as a thank you, you get 25% off your first order. In 2008, People could spend an average of 12 seconds on a task without becoming distracted. Five years later, it was only eight seconds. The digital age is narrowing our attention span. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top, shoot it down. Thousands of five-star reviews proves it works. Supercharge your brain and see the difference. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution. The miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. 
What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Out loud. Welcome back, everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution study, and today we're talking about learning from our mistakes. We've been talking the first segment about the uh, the speaker's race and the election, and and trying to identify is it a mistake? What's the evidence that that, that it was a mistake? But now I want to look at some of the consequences of some of our other decisions. For example, the uh, Treasury Department really recently announced that uh, the government ran a $1.7 trillion deficit for the fiscal year that ended in 2023. That's about $300 billion more than the previous year. That's a pretty big deficit. Now, that budget shortfall has driven the U.S. debt up to $33.6 trillion. <laughs> Again, a number that that really is mind-boggling in a side, but okay, that seems to me that, well, we have a problem. We've made mistakes. The question really is, what are those mistakes? Now, a lot of people like to blame the Biden administration. It's not so much the Biden administration's fault. That's, listen, I'm no fan of their policies, but while they have, I believe, illegally spent money, um, no, the, the, the deficit and the debt, not really Biden's fault. It's not really Trump's fault either, although Trump did make a huge deficit there in 2020 in dealing with the, uh, the, uh, COVID scandemic. But no, there's a more fundamental problem that has led to this mistake. Sadly, again, it's the American people. See, we keep hiring people that will bribe us for our votes. I know of no other way to describe it than people who will will vote based on who gives them the most goodies, or at least promises to make them give them the most goodies. You know, you, you promise people a a loan forgiveness or a, a a program or money for this or money for that, and voila, they get votes. And in fact, they don't, in many cases they don't even have to spend money. Uh, uh, on, on these programs, they just have to spend money on advertising. Let's face it, the American people, in general, we're a cheap date. So what does this mistake led us to? This mistake of um, voting for people that continue to spend money they don't have and do it more and more egregiously. That leads to the debt, the deficit, but at least a lot more. Because in order to, to, to deal with the debt, well, the Federal Reserve wants inflation. 
Now, they say they have a goal of 2% inflation. That just means the money in your pocket, the money in your bank account, the money in your retirement is worth less. So things aren't getting more expensive. The money we use to purchase is worth less. So if we look back at the mistake and saying voting for people who will simply spend money because, well, we can't shut the government down or, or we can't cut this program, we can't, we can't stop that program, has led us into this mess. But Paul, we need those programs. How many of those programs are illegal? Yes, I said illegal. You know, it's funny, the state of Tennessee has a working group, and I'm trying to get in touch with them. I want to actually testify before them about the constitutionality of uh, the Federal Department of Education and the money they use to bribe the states. But that's only one example of the trillions of dollars that are used, that are illegally spent and used to bribe the American people. The biggest parts of, of the federal budget are three programs that do not legally exist. Medicaid, Medicare, and Social Security. You know, you may be wondering, well, Paul, what do you mean they don't legally exist? Congress passed a law, yeah, but that law was not made pursuant to the Constitution. The law that created Social Security was not made pursuant to the Constitution. The law that created Medicaid and Medicare, those laws were not made pursuant to the Constitution. Why? Because re uh, managing retirement is not a power delegated to the United States. Paying for uh, your health care in any situation, is not a power delegated to the United States. Therefore, according to the Tenth Amendment, it doesn't belong to the United States, so any law that creates such an agency is not made pursuant to the Constitution. It is therefore, according to Alexander Hamilton, not valid. It cannot be valid, these laws. Yet they are driving this budget deficit. They are driving the federal debt. They are the largest contributor to the federal debt. Oh, by the way, the Supreme Court, according to oh, Marbury versus Madison, Ex parte Siebold, Norton v. Shelby, v. Shelby County, not only are those the laws that created those age, those departments void because they were not made, they, they're unconstitutional acts, but it's as if they never existed. Yet we're suffering the consequences. Why? Well, first, because our our our, our predecessors, our ancestors, they um, they hired people that lied to them and and bribed them with goodies to be um to con to conspire to make uh, um embezzlement. I'm kind of laying it out on the table, folks. And because of that, and because since then there have not been enough Americans willing to stand up and support those who will fight the unconstitutional spending but would either want more of the unconstitutional spending, we are suffering the consequences of that mistake. And to date, the American people haven't learned from that mistake. The inflation we've suffered, not just the recent inflation, inflation for decades has been driven by overspending. We've even used it, uh, we've even used our debt and, as, as part of our, our foreign policy. I wonder how many, uh, how many of those in, in Washington are worried that well, if they piss China off, they'll dump their 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 part of the U.S. debt. 
China buys uh, uh, treasury bonds. They hold them as an investment. And they also use it to hold it over our head. Which is interesting because recently, China has decided they're going to dump some of their holdings. They, uh, they, they dumped about $16 billion in U.S. Treasuries. And that's only about 15% of, from the, the, the previous year. But um, they aren't buying as much debt as they have been. I wonder if that's in response to the, you know, the, the uh, global, uh, uh, the state of global affairs and the question, their desire to get uh, uh, Taiwan and, well, America's promise to defend Taiwan. Now, it could simply be a fiscal issue. They, can, they have looked at the fact that, that uh, Japan and other countries have been buying more U.S. treasuries, so they want to kind of cool things down a little bit. But the very idea that China, Japan, and, and all these other countries have a say in how we live our lives is because the people we have elected have spent us into de facto bankruptcy. The federal debt is is what 1.2 1.3 times the entire gdp meaning if you took every dollar that was made in the united states manufacturing services you name it if you did every part of our economy for an entire year you could not pay off our national debt our deficit is growing cuz well we're still spending on things that we don't have and we've gotten away with it because well Places like China, Japan, and even the American people have been buying up this debt so the interest rates aren't too high. When are they going to realize that they've made a mistake? The federal government's never going to pay off that debt. And that you and I are going to be left holding the bag. Are we going to learn from that mistake and start making changes? Now, I'm sure people will scare you with the, the dangers of a radical change, but how about we just start making by, by making small changes? Little things. You make small changes. Over time, you start. You keep making small changes. Eventually, you know what you've made? You've made a big change. And speaking of setting records, guess where else we set a record? Yeah, the southern border. In September, Border Patrol recorded 218,777 encounters across the southern border. That is the highest number going all the way back to the year 2000. Now, this time, the mistake is a little bit different because, well, there are laws in place. The problem is we keep telling our states to elect presidents who simply refuse to enforce the law. They took an oath. They made a solemn promise to faithfully execute the laws of the United States. They just ignore the parts they don't like. And for the last uh, two, two and a half years, the ones they don't like have been, um, they've been the southern border. And then, of course, you have people at, at state and local governments who are saying, oh, boy, we love our illegal uh, aliens. Come on down. We'll make sure you have housing and health care and education, and we'll take care of you. Now, that was a mistake. In places like uh, uh, New York City and, and Chicago and, and the state of New York, they're dealing with the consequences of that mistake. They're even looking at making some slight changes that might help rectify that mistake. 
But make no mistake, the rest of the country is suffering from this because we are more interested in donkeys versus elephants than we are in, oh, actually enforcing the law. Oh, that law is terrible. That law is decrotting. Well, then get the law changed. If you're telling me you don't need to follow a law because you don't like it, that's, um, that's pretty much anarchy. Why can't I say that I don't like the law about the speed limit? I can just ignore that. Or I don't like the law that says uh, uh, what's in your property is yours. And I simply walk on it on your property and take it. See, if we're not going to bother enforcing the law, then this whole thing is a joke. The mistake we've made has been more interested in these fake promises of being taken care of than actually seeing people that will uphold their oath of office, including the oath to faithfully enforce the laws of the United States, including the oath to support the Constitution of the United States. In many cases, even the, uh, the oath to support the Constitution of their state and the United States. Because if we're honest with ourselves, the people in these offices, we knew who they were beforehand. It wasn't a surprise. Oh, sure, they may have said one thing, but... We knew they were lying. Why? Because they're politicians. And how do you know what a politician is lying? Their lips are moving. Yet we still voted for them. We still chose them, even though we knew they were lying to us. Even though we knew what their predilections are. We knew how they would view things. We knew the actions they would take. And we hired them anyway. Now, maybe that's the action you want. Maybe you want to live in a lawless society. Where, you know, oh, you, you, you can break certain laws as long as you're part of the right group, right? If you're, if you're an illegal alien, um, or if you, you voted correctly in the last election, if you support the right political groups, uh, you, you support the, the, you know, certain other things, well, then the laws don't matter, or we'll just we'll take it easy on you. That's, maybe that's what you want. Maybe that's the, the kind of country you want to live in. Personally, I think that's a terrible mistake, because... Well, if the laws don't mean what they say, they don't really mean anything at all. And if you never know what the law is because you're not sure, because you have judges that don't pay attention to what the law says, but what they want the law to do, we have chaos. And as much as we would love to point the finger at somebody else, some of the responsibility has to hit us right in the face. Because we're the ones that elected the representatives. We're the ones that elected the senators. We're the ones that told our states which electors we wanted appointed based on what party they'd vote for. We did. So all these problems that we like to lay at other people's feet, part of it is laying at our feet. Well, I didn't vote for that person. Then what did you do to point out what's wrong with them? What did you do to find somebody better? See, that's a cop-out. I didn't vote for them. Did you talk to anybody about the policies? Have you ever bothered talking to your neighbors, educating people about the actual consequences of these votes? Because while you individually may not have voted for them, you're just as collectively responsible as everybody else. And just as everybody else, you're also suffering the consequences of those decisions. What are we doing to educate our neighbors about those consequences and the idea that the Constitution says there's a better way? You know, a lot of people like to focus 
on the benefits of rights, the benefits of this country, and the benefits of the way we do things. But we forget about the responsibility. The responsibility to vote, to not simply to vote, but how you vote. The responsibility to serve on uh, local boards and, and 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 entities, not simply you know vote for the for the president, but also care about your your city and your county positions as well, to hold your elected representatives accountable. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, the responsibility to serve on a jury. We love talking about the goodies. We forget about the responsibilities. That's been a mistake that is currently biting us in our backside. The question is, will we learn from that mistake? And if we, if we do, how long is it going to take before we learn that lesson? Now, I have to take another break. Before I go, though, you know, I swing by AmericaOutloud.news every day. I visit the website every day to get news and information. And I suggest you do as well. You see, it's not enough to simply read the news. We need to share it. So please, go to AmericaOutloud.news. Check out the news, the stories, the podcasts, the videos, the articles. Find the ones that talk to you. Find the ones that have a message for you. And then share them. See, by sharing this information, by letting other people know the rest of the story, we all help to secure the blessings of liberty. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. 
Welcome back, Everyday Americans. We've rejoined the Constitution study. And today we're looking, can we learn from our mistakes? Now, one of the most serious mistakes, one of the core mistakes I believe the American people have made is turning over their decision-making to other people. Just think of how much in our life decisions are actually made by someone else. And of course, you end up with a generally with a one-size-fits-all, which really means it fits absolutely nobody. Perfect example, the push toward electric vehicles. Of course, it started with, you know, recommendations, and then there were incentives, and then there were, now they're working on laws to ban other types of vehicles, basically to push people into making decisions, not based on their own information or what's best for them, but what somebody else says. Now, here's what's interesting, and I'm going to pick on electric vehicles for a couple of reasons. Um, first of all, it is the arrogance to believe that the federal government has the legal authority, much less the moral authority, to tell you what type of vehicles you're allowed to drive. Right? That is chutzpah. But the other reason is, um, we have to remember, electric vehicles are not evil. There are a lot of situations where electric vehicles make a lot of sense. I, I tend to think of you if you're working in an urban environment or even a suburban environment where the number of miles you drive every day are limited, where uh, you know you can the range of an electric vehicle makes sense, where the the cost of the electricity to recharge it is reasonable. Um, they make sense. On the other hand, that doesn't mean they make sense for absolutely everybody, which is why I find I love I see these all the time. Um, where you see people saying, I'm going to take a road trip with an electric vehicle to show you just how wonderful they are. Now, there's one thing that electric vehicles have over just about every other vehicle you have, and that's a lot of torque. I was watching a, a video of a, a, was a university put together. They built a, a car that goes from zero to 60 in under a second. They use an electric vehicle because it's got the torque to do it. But that's different from a road trip. I've done trips up through the northern plains. I've done trips out to Florida. I've done trips back up to the northeast. And um, let's just face it, road trips don't work that way. And again, there's plenty of evidence. Even people that are EV proponents, when they try to do a road trip, they realize there's some serious problems. For example, um, Energy Secretary Granholm, Ford CEO Jim Farley, and New York Times reporter David Gellis all embarked upon their own EV road trips. Again, using vehicles that the the uh, the arrogant to be say we should be purchasing. However, all these trips ran into significant problems, both in reliability and uh, performance. Problem number one: there is not the infrastructure of charging stations to make using EVs long distances reasonable. Right? So problem number one is you can't, there aren't enough charging stations. And of course, you can't just have any old charging station. You can't just walk up and plug in an extension cord and charge your electric vehicle. Well, you can, but it's going to take a couple of days to charge the thing up completely, which makes no sense if you're on a, a road trip. No, you have to have high-speed chargers. And of course, those high-speed chargers require high-voltage electricity, which means they need to be hooked up to the grid, not simply to a, a, a home outlet or even to a 220 outlet for, for an air conditioner, 
but to 400 volts or more. And there takes a certain electrical infrastructure to put, you can't simply put them anywhere. You have to have access to enough voltage on the grid to actually deliver that type of power. And of course, we forget that, you know, batteries and stuff, they don't work so well in very cold weather or very hot weather for that much, for that matter. Then, of course, the batteries, they degrade. Now, the uh, I forget who it was. They were doing a calculation that um, you know, EVs cost more. That's why the federal government wants to pay, and even state governments want to pay part of the tab to get, they have to pay part of the tab to get you to buy it because even with the subsidies, EVs cost more. Um, but uh, the problem you run into is they, they've tried to figure out the savings in fuel and, well, it doesn't always work out. The numbers don't always work out. And then every so often you have to replace those nice expensive batteries. According to uh, uh, some studies, uh, an EV vehicle can cost more than $10,000 more than a combustion engine vehicle. And that's before you get to the question of what do you pay for electricity and when do you have to replace those batteries? So when we look at practical uses for electric vehicles, guess what? Road trips are not one of them. But for example, Secretary Granholm she ran into problems with charging. There were some hardware issues that made it harder to charge. And in fact, she actually, you remember the story? She had a staffer race ahead in a gasoline-powered vehicle in order to reserve a, par- a spot that, at the charging station so that she could charge her vehicle and make it look good, including blocking a family with a crying infant from charging their car because they had it reserved for the, the special person, Secretary Gronholm. And then you have Mr. Gellis, who uh, rented an AV to drive from Minneapolis, Minnesota, to a farm in, in rural South Dakota. Uh, he described having to, to charge his vehicle while en route, gaining just 2% of battery life after charging it for 30 minutes. Now understand, you can pull up in a gasoline vehicle and in 5 minutes, 10 tops, have a fully fueled tank. Doesn't, always, doesn't work that way with charging vehicles. And of course, once he reached his destination, and he plugged his car in to charge overnight. Um, the vehicle still didn't didn't have enough power to make it all the way back to Minneapolis, and he had to call the rental company to arrange a tow truck and get a ride for himself and something else. His EV was stranded. The rental company billed him more than seven hundred dollars for that tow truck. And then, of course, you have Ford CEO Farley, who's convinced that EVs are the way to go, even though. His company lost $4.5 billion on EV production this year. Um, He said, but you know what? Uh, He took one of the Ford F-150 Lightning electric pickups. He says, there are things you can't learn in the office or from PowerPoint. Of course, while on the road, uh, Farley encountered inconsistencies. He couldn't find charging stations. But even when he did, some some worked fine. Others, he had to use a low-speed charger that... uh, couldn't it took forever to, to it took 40 minutes to get 40% charge on his vehicle he actually went on x and said uh, it was a re- it was a good re- a reality check that we're not ready the infrastructure isn't there but we still have others trying to tell us we need to go towards electric vehicles and of course as we look towards the elections do we want people that are going to force us try to force us into these electric vehicles or people that will let it us make our own decisions and allow the industry to be creative to come up with other ways of solving 
these problems, especially these, you know, even if these are alleged problems. Now, part of the way we do that has to do with the fact the administration, the executive branch, has been has assumed tremendous powers illegally. Right? Congress doesn't have the power to delegate their lawmaking power to, to the executive branch, but they have. So the man or one day woman at the top of that branch has a lot of sway. So we should really consider that as we look to the 2024 uh, election. The presidential race will be at the top of the card. Um, I have to ask you, are you okay with an administration that's willing to collude with big tech to censor you? Well, Paul, there are things that shouldn't be said. Yet, yeah, like what? Now, there may be things that you don't like, but what happens when what you want to say isn't liked by somebody else? Are you really wanting an administration that believes it's not only okay to violate the Constitution and, uh, and infringe on, on, on the freedom of speech, but is willing to collude with technical companies to do it? How about a, 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 an administration that wants to institute a policy that um, will fire employees if they don't honor a person's preferred pronouns? You're telling me I have to accept a lie? I now have to accept it. I have to promote it or I can't work for the federal government? Is that the administration that you want? But again, it's not simply the the uh, presidential administration this permeates all of government the senator senators have introduced a bill that want to establish term limits for the supreme court there's just one little problem that law is invalid it's void because the constitution says that the judges will serve during their good behavior the fact that the cowards and yes Cowards in the House and the Senate refuse to hold uh, uh, judges accountable for their bad behavior doesn't mean they should get away with violating the Constitution because in order to abdicate their responsibility. Is that really who you want in office? If we can't get, and let's face it, it's mostly the Democrats that are introducing this, and it's the, the Democrats who said, we aren't getting our way in the court, so we're going to change it. Is that really who you want? Do you want the political parties determining what is and isn't true, what is and isn't legal? And if you don't follow their dictates, then you can lose your job. Is that really what you want? Because we have made that mistake and we're paying the price for it. The question is, do you want to continue down that same failed path? Because the decision is still up to you. Do you want an administration that will censor you? Whether it's because through big tech to lie to you, to manipulate the election, to lie to you about COVID and the vaccines and, and the, the January 6th and, and even the, uh, um, the, the, uh, the Hamas demonstration on the Capitol. Is that what you want? That will suppress your freedom of speech to properly use the English language for a political agenda? That will say, if we don't get the answers we want, we'll just get the courts to overturn the law and rule by dictate. Forget the Constitution. Forget the laws. We'll just let the courts become kings and queens. Is that really what you want? And again, not just at the federal level, because, hey, guess what? The Attorney General of the state of New York tried to censor Rumble. 
You see, there's this video platform that said, we don't like the fact that YouTube is censoring people, so we're going to create our own platform that, uh, that isn't dependent on others, and we are going to be a, a free speech platform. Well, the petty tyrant in New York, Letitia James, the attorney general, didn't like that and threatened to sue. And, uh, well, seems like she got a, got a lot of pushback and has, has backtracked on that idea. But only because the people stood up and said something about it. The question is, will you do something about it? Will you look at uh, these people who want to suppress your rights? Your right to free speech, your right to, free, to, pub, to freedom of the press, your right to own the vehicle that you want, to own the light bulbs that you want, the appliances that you want, to, that, that don't come in and say, you're not allowed to have a gas cooktop, or you're not allowed to have a, a gas furnace. You have to go electric. And I don't care if it's a state, local, or federal level. Are you willing? Is that what you want? Or do you see that as a mistake? Now, listen, if you want a, an, an electric car, an electric cooktop, an electric furnace, be my guest. I have no problem with it. It's when you try to impose your will on others. And when you hire people to bully others into complying with your wishes, that just makes you the top bully. We've tried this mistake for decades. Has America finally learned? Have things gotten bad enough that we've learned that we can't do things this way? That if we let the tyrants get their way, they'll take, they won't just take, if we give them an inch, they won't just take a mile. They'll take the whole darn thing. Have we learned from these mistakes? Now, again, some of you are going to say, those aren't mistakes. Those are, those are benefits. Well, uh, God help you. Because the very same tyrant that turns on your opponents will one day turn on you. Now, I'm sure some of you look at this, oh, there's nothing I can do. You know, I just, I got to take care of my own. I don't have to, I don't want to worry about that. I can't do anything. It's just me. And to you, I quote Samuel Adams. If ye love wealth greater than liberty, the tranquility of servitude greater than the animating contest for freedom, go home from us in peace. We seek not your counsel, nor your arms. If you like the free ride, if you like the false promises, if you like being told how to live your life, what you can and cannot buy, what you can and cannot do, what you can and cannot say, what you can and cannot publish on social media, if you like that, go from us in peace. We want nothing to do with you. We don't want your counsel. We don't want your arms. We don't want your help. If, on the other hand, you love liberty more than wealth. Liberty more than the servitude of trying, the, the, more than servitude, then join us. I don't care if you're part of an order, if you're part of a patriotic uh, group, fine. I'm not looking to replace those. But join us as the patriots. Go to constitutionstudy.com slash patriots. You'll, you'll learn how to do whatever it is you do better. Whatever your focus is, whatever thing gets your goat, whatever thing you're willing to fight for, the, the Patriots can help. Our, our, our scholars program will help you learn not only how to make better arguments, but how to, how to, to teach others and encourage them 
to come to understand what you're talking about. The committees of correspondence are about keeping lines of communication open, even when they try to censor us. I've been censored from Facebook and from LinkedIn. We want to have other lines of communication so that we cannot be censored. And our Minutemen, our lovely Minutemen, these men and women that are willing to stand with you in your hour of need, to stand beside you at rallies, to come to your aid in legal issues, to do what we can to protect ourselves and our neighbors. They're all there at the Patriots. Again, you can't join the Patriots. You have to be invited into the Patriots. If you want to find out more, go to constitutionstudy.com slash patriots. If you pass the boot camp, then you get a chance to join. But this is not for those who enjoy the tranquility of servitude. Neither is this program. But I hope you'll come back and join us every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard in the iHeartRadio Network. All the episodes go to podcasts, generally a day or two after the radio. You can listen in your favorite podcast app, but please subscribe to the show. Leave us ratings and reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. It's how other people find the Constitution Study, find the Patriots, and join those of us that are willing to fight for liberty. Now, you can find all the links you need at the homepage at americaoutloud.news, but please share them. That is how you share with others the blessings of liberty.